Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Welcome back, listeners. Yes. I gave you a different intro because I was thinking about my hello <laughs> when I was just walking my dog and I was like, how do I say hello in a different way? I was like, hello? Anyone out there? So you went for welcome back. Welcome back. Yay. Hi. <laughs> I don't know how else to say hello. I'm going to get really self-conscious now about saying hello. Just be like, was that weird? Anyway. It's not episode 13 anymore, so it's we can't not, be weird. Yeah, we can't be weird, 14. we can't be unlucky. Or no, lucky. We reframed it yeah, as lucky. lucky. So. Maybe this one's even luckier. We don't know, because uh, we set ourselves a little challenge, challenge, this week. We both did research. Yes, we both did the Google. Mine. Did you Google? Did, I was did you imagine, not Google? Well, of course I Google. <laughs> but like, like, how did you research this without Google? I don't know. Whenever I think of you doing research, I imagine you go to the library like, with leather-bound <laughs> books. <laughs> You know what? If I could, if I and yeah, find some peer-reviewed academic papers and go to the card catalog and maybe write your notes in a with a quill. <laughs> All right. Well, so far we're learning what Hannah thinks of me and my academic background. So yes, I did Google research. But anyway, <laughs> listeners, um, we decided that we would go back approximately. We'll look at, uh, around the kind of last hundred years sort of time frame. And take a look at like the body image du jour of like different decades and how that compares male versus female. Like, I guess, fashions, shapes, sizes, you know, the kind of trends that were set over various decades. And we decided on this, who would get men, who would get women, by the flip of a coin, which almost had to be the flip of a debit card. <laughs> that was a difficult thing to do. Who has coins these days? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, the coin fell, um, giving Rachel the guys and me the girls. I think that probably made my research a little easier. I think However, so. However, <laughs> I'm also super interested to learn about what you found out over time and before we we kind of haven't really mapped out how this is gonna like play out <laughs> so this is 100% freestyle um i basically have starting around 1910 like the kind of trends for this sort of socially acceptable what a female should look like and some other fun mm-hmm. facts each kind of decade from 1910 how does yours look so uh, yeah i mean i i knew that you were doing that so i kind of focus similarly right around the turn of the yeah the 19th to the 20th century but because I am an academic and more specifically my previous life was as an art historian I had to just glance back to like the ancient world to like think through uh yeah just just to sort of see if all the things that I remember obviously from art history um to refresh myself on how if any of those standards actually carried through um, so I went gotcha. back a little farther just briefly to see what was there. But um, yeah, I roughly started around like the late 
19 or uh, late 1800s. Okay. My first phase. Okay. So this is going to be interesting. Um, well, why don't you kick off then? Because you have it slightly, as I'm starting around 1910. Right. You <laughs> okay. chronologically started first. So what did you find out about male body image or like body shape sizes for that kind of time period? All right. So, uh, I went into this with like, I kind of was trying to think through expectations and I realized like my expectation was that I bet I'm not going to find that much difference because I think my assumption as a woman is that like men just aren't culturally raised to like fixate as much on their body. So Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you know, this will be interesting, but it's probably not going to be as like crazy amounts of changes as women. Like I think, right? Like we're just, I don't know. We, we, we. We have a totally different mindset, I think, related to our bodies. It definitely blew my mind when I was looking through the different decades. Like, one decade, this is in for, for, for women. And the next decade, decade, you basically got to look entirely different. And yeah. then the next decade, decade, entirely different. And I was like, we have it so tough. How do you, like, keep up with but that? Yeah. also, I've never really thought about it in terms of guys. So maybe they have it harder than Well, I, I mean, honestly, no, your, your assumption is pretty correct. Because what I found was, like, really wide ranges of years. Like, and that's kind of why it was like, the reason I started in the 19th century was because the sort of first phase of, uh, you know, the, the very few articles or people that were kind of trying to catalog these things. It was basically like the, you know, 1880s through the 1920s. So like 40 years, this was like, was the first big grouping. Um, and it was basically... After things like the Industrial Revolution and all the changes in the Western world, um, all of a sudden, your body type was related to like what you did or did not have to do work-wise. Oh, so that's this a bit was, like skin color too, right? So this was the era. Yeah, exactly. Like like um, white. You want white with yeah. prize because it meant you exactly. Didn't work it in meant the you, you weren't out in the sun. Exactly. So this was the era, like the first kind of ideal male body type around this time was fat oh literally like that is like the word used in like a number of the things i found because the turn of the industrial revolution all this stuff like if you had to labor in a factory or something like that you were probably not overweight and so fatness was a status symbol and i also kind of had a hunt that i would find that male body types were more related to status than aesthetics Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of played out in what I found, like even in the examples people were using. So in the late 19th into the early 20th century, um, being large meant you did not have to labor. Um, it basically meant you were wealthy and therefore well fed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was so much like a part of the culture that this was the era of fat men's clubs. Like they would like that's what they were called like wow. fat men's clubs and they would they would meet regularly. What like was in like the, like how fat did one have to be? Well, so here's the thing: they had contests. They weighed like at their gatherings. They would weigh themselves to try to compete to see who was actually the heaviest. So if you were just big and muscular, I guess that wouldn't happen well, if you were sitting on your ass doing. nothing. Yeah, I don't just... know. Yeah, exactly. If you didn't have to work at it, I don't know if you'd be invited That's to be true. part of the fat men's club because it really seemed to be like like they're talking. They 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 wanted just sheer size, and there was like an anecdote in one of them that basically this guy was just like, "Oh, I'm so excited for this next meeting because like." I've got to be like at least 300 pounds now. Like that's what he'd been working at was just getting heavier. I was going to ask you, how does um, 
like what fat then what was considered to be fat and like good yeah. fat how does that compare to what we might see as what you would refer to as like obese today I mean, yeah, the, the stories I read, certainly, like, they weren't, uh, I guess we would need to know kind of the height of some of these men to have even a rough idea. Like, this particular anecdote was the guy was hoping he'd come in around 300, and he only weighed in at 243, and so he was very upset. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he didn't, like, win the whatever you win at these fat men's clubs, but these were apparently very, like, widespread, um, and it was literally... That was like something men did was try to out, uh, outweigh each other. Oh, and there was no mention of like. What did they do in the fat clubs? Like, Just sit around and get fatter think, and congratulate well, themselves. Pretty on the much, like I mean, I think success. there was. It seemed like there was a lot of eating and drinking. And that that they would just sort of talk about industry too, right? Like talk about like, because a lot of these people obviously were maybe like owners of companies or like they were, they were definitely the, the upper, upper middle class or upper class um, to be invited into these clubs. Cause this was also, I guess the era of a lot of kind of country club type things and class, you know, division. So I sort of assume um, that was a factor and yeah, they probably just talked about how great they were and how well fed their bellies were. <laughs> so the fatter the better. <laughs> the fatter the better. That's like basically roughly yeah, eighteen eighties through the nineteen twenties. Yeah, that's that is actually an interesting thought that like size and like body type was related to you know, success and yeah. status and yeah. wealth and And I kind of that's why like I went into it with the hunch of like stuff I'd learned studying renaissance culture and like you know in in my graduate work and and that's exactly it i mean kings up to a certain point were never they never wanted to be depicted skinny because a a ruler would uh right would want to be seen as powerful and that means wealthy and well-fed and um that was the other thing that i'll say at the beginning that i learned was that tall is has always been good okay tall is always an ideal and hair. Not once does baldness uh, fit into the <laughs> ideal male. Body. We're talking head hair, right? Like head back hair. hair isn't an head indicator hair. of Actually, success. Actually, or... I didn't come across any real mention of body hair. Actually, no. There's one exception to that. There, there is some body hair references, but but hair on one's head is always desirable for a man, as is being tall. Okay, and you said that takes you up to about 1920. 1920. Okay. Well, this is interesting because I'm going to talk about 1910 through 1920 and 1920 through 1930 then because there was quite okay. a significant change while men were sitting around getting fat. Right. Talking about being fat. Yeah. Women, women on the other hand, have a quite the different ride. So in we'll talk about the decade beginning 1910. The ideal female shape was referred to as the Gibson girl. And this was, this came about because the illustrator Charles Gibson, who was a contributor for Life magazine, basically drew the the ultimate female shape, which was kind of like a looping figure of eight shape. So your ultimate female, she was actually on the taller side, long neck, sloped shoulders, because obviously okay. being like athletic and square shouldered, oh, muscular, was, not okay. a thing. So not we wanted thing. sloping okay. shoulders, corsets. Were were a big right. deal. So we obviously wanted saw having a soft round body, small waist, highly cinched in uh, waist, uh, 
very kind of feminine, no, definitely no muscles, nice and soft. There was an expression that, or a saying, or I think it was, actually came from a song where it says, wear a blank expression and a monumental curl and walk with a bend in your back, then they will call you a Gibson girl. Wow. And with a bend in your back, it's like, so scoliosis. Oh yeah, you basically, you're not allowed to breathe because your waist is highly cinched in with this right. corset. And a blank expression, you're right. There's you obviously can't... some bosoms on display, I'm guessing by, you know, that the, figure the softer eight, figure. Yeah, you're going to yeah, want, yeah. the corset is also squishing though, that but... up. Um, the long neck, I mean, genetically, that's, you either got it or you don't. There's right. not a whole lot of yeah, neck stretching. Yeah. Well, not in this culture. There is in some other cultures. But I was really fascinated, like, when they specifically kind of mentioned, like, the sloped shoulders. So it's yeah. kind of, I don't know, like, the word meek comes to mind. Like, you kind of, okay. yeah, you're, like, yeah, looking yeah, yeah. sort of sexy, but at the same time, you're not very powerful. Yeah. Well, you're, that's also, I mean, like, I think of how men right like how men are identified by having a lack of neck like when you're like kind of teasing someone for being like a meathead or some like overdeveloped football player they lose their neck mm-hmm. so i guess this is the opposite like a long neck is feminine so yeah so so through that decade starting 1910 gibson girl soft okay. feminine curves corsets all of that that was what women were supposed to look like if you were you know really nailing the ideal of the time corsets just sound rough yeah so then we roll into 1920, and all these women who are either well-trained at corsets or just naturally, like, I would have been screwed then because I don't have a waist. I'm yeah. kind of, like, straight up and down in the middle, yeah, I'm, and I'm even, fairly straight even at well. my leanest, there's not a whole, whole hell of a lot of waist. Yeah, being, I mean, getting leaner doesn't get you a waist. And I also that have, like, with like, I have uh, kind of, like, a short trunk, so there's not a lot of room. Like, I can only fit in when I wear a weight belt for lifting. I have to have a pretty narrow one because there's not a lot of room between the bottom of my ribcage yeah, rib exactly. and the top of my hip bones. So the thought of having, like, the corset cinched in there when there's already not a lot of room for, like, organs is brutal. Yeah. Then the 1920s roll around, and I feel like this is possibly... One of the eras I would have done better at. And 1920, we kind of do a massive left turn at the traffic lights. Okay. This, we go from Gibson girl to the flapper. This oh, yeah. ideal female was a lot shorter. We were looking for tall. We were looking for shorter. No cleavage. Flat chest became all of the rage. So after all oh, of that totally history, would have been a great flapper. all of that history of like corsets and boobs and voluptuousness and soft yeah. curves gone i mean flapper dresses were basically rectangular right yeah. like just straight down hemlines were shorter so suddenly we're starting to show a little bit more but like not so much in the way of like cleavage but we're starting to see a little legs. bit more, more legs. legs okay um and yeah flat chests all the rage you want it to be streamlined petite and super straight up and down okay gone are the soft curves of the previous decade mm-hmm. so anybody who looked like that who was like crushing the look is now screwed because <laughs> yeah i mean how do you you don't Spanx just like, not yet invented you, you undo your corset and so suddenly females can like breathe like... again but if you weren't straight up and down and uh the the waistlines and fashion became like they dropped several inches below the navel which actually required pretty narrow hips in order to pull off that look oh wow yeah so yeah there's quite a big difference as you can see, like guys have been sitting around all this time getting fat. Yeah. And calling that a success. And um, I've also noticed that both the ones you've mentioned have nothing to do with what women did. 
Yeah, no, nothing to this do. This is clearly this just is an just, aesthetic this is a look. kind of This is all ideal. about yeah. how okay. one should look. Yeah. And, uh, you know, present themselves in society to be acceptable. I guess the form of success was like you look If you were in good. the so, magazine, I mean, like, what like did a you picture do? in a magazine like, or something. So what would you do if you were completely voluptuous and curvy in like the 1920s? Were you meant to hide? Go into hiding until your look came around again? Yeah. <laughs> that must have been tough because like, yeah. So we've already seen for guys, not much change. Yeah. And for women, we've had almost exact opposites. And that takes you through the 20s. Yeah. So, so we're now about like... to hit 1930s. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So... Uh... I do feel like this, this, the next phase, so this was also like with the, the articles and stuff I found on men, like wide ranges, right? So the next one is technically 20s through the 50s on mm-hmm. one, but then I did some more digging and found some others for the 30s, 30s, 40s, and 50s more specifically. But so the turn for, at the 20s for men was probably similarly difficult. From going from the curvy corset to the slim, short flapper. Um, Because for men, right around 1920 was the start of what they call like the Hollywood phase. Mm -hmm. And so with the rise of films, there was also the rise of like Hollywood movie stars. And I had no idea that this was anything other than like an excuse that sometimes people use in photographs, like the camera adds 20 pounds. Have Mm -hmm. you heard that? Yeah. So apparently that was like that, that played into this where because studio executives and people like filmmakers said that people look larger on camera, the ideal all of a sudden became to be much thinner. This is for men. So like early film stars, um, actors, the, like studio people would specifically look for people who were maybe slimmer, certainly slimmer than people going to the fat men's clubs, but, but also just like smaller in general so that they, when they looked larger on camera, they didn't look weirdly large. But we're still not looking at like rippling muscles or anything like that. Just, I mean, I was trying, like they didn't go into that in this article. And I was trying to think back to like really early film stars and no, I mean, you go and look at some of like, early film and you're not you're not seeing a lot of like bodies in general mm-hmm. maybe sometimes like they're draped like Lawrence of Arabia stuff like that they're always like draped and um and that's not even that old film wise I guess so yeah so men did have an ideal that sort of now is getting closer to like what women are dealing with which is like who you see on screen that that became like an ideal welcome men welcome welcome to that <laughs> interesting uh yes cultural shift but um, okay, so, so well, well, let's go, let's go back to, back to the ladies. So, so 19, how quickly did so they So 1920s, we all had to be straight up and down, flat chested, oh, and not fine. really any curves anyway. 1930s come along, and we go to the soft siren. So curves. They all have names too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Mine was just like fat men club phase and Hollywood <laughs> phase. Like these have like iconic oh, have names. iconic names. Yeah, so the soft siren. The waist returns and some curves return. Gene Hollow was the like OG blonde bombshell who was considered a ah, sex symbol, curvaceous sex symbol. But interesting fact. Uh, whereas like nowadays, you know, celebrities, sex symbols, all the rest of it, boob sizes are fairly excessive. Her cup yeah. size was actually a 34B. 
And that was kind of totally like totally normal. Okay. The ideal yeah. bust yeah. size for the time. And talking of boobs, bra cup sizing was actually invented in the 1930s. The ABCD yeah. system? Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good so to we're looking know. at back to more curves, but we're not as we don't want to be as curvaceous as in 1910. Okay. That era. Yeah. So some curves. Uh, waistlines return, but not like crazy ass corsets anymore. Just okay. like people could breathe. In the yeah. 30s. If you were kind okay. of a pear shaped female, you were probably crushing it. Um, interestingly, uh, the bread diet came around. At this time. <laughs> oh, so prior to this, we haven't okay. really thought about like diets to achieve a, a certain aesthetic. I guess you were really yeah, like, I don't think I came across anything related to diet except for like fat men's clubs where they just tried to eat and drink a lot. I think, you know, prior to that, there probably were different phases of like focused eating, but this is where diets kind of really fit, fit in. And I'm guessing, you know, you want to think about the weight loss for like making sure your waist stays nice and slim, but wonder bread, the bread diet, that is, that was bread is what achieved. That was the go-to diet. For the Whoa. soft sirens in the 1930s, just pounding bread. I mean, that sounds like your jam. You would I mean, be so happy. I mean, happy. maybe not Wonder Bread. Not but Wonder Bread, but like... If, if you were like to make me fresh bread, bread and bring it over every day and be like, eat this and you shall look wonderful, I'd be like, sure. Yeah. Isn't that so funny? Because I mean, in, in the last like... I mean, obviously, nutrition, I think we learned so much more than we even knew like 20 years ago. But like, I remember when they started coming out with things like bread belly... Like, books like that that were specifically mm-hmm. about how, like, we didn't know anything about gluten intolerance and how, like, a lot of people dealt with, like, bloat and all that stuff precisely because of bread. And back then, I bet there were a lot of gluten intolerant people who were miserable. Because that tiny because little waste were, were not there. They were all bloated. all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was oh. the 1930s. A little, you know, curves of back. So, sorry, girls with no boobs and straight up and down. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> so I would be out again. I would be not fashionable in any way in the 1930s. I don't fit that aesthetic. That's a rough so life. Yeah. I'm like back in hiding. Decades and decades. Um, so in the 30s for men, all I found out, because this was like the general consensus was like 20s through 50s was just the Hollywood phase, you know. Um, but I did find a fun fact about the 30s. Um, this was the time of Charles Atlas who's kind of accepted to be, like, the first fitness guru of, like, American history. Um, I would like to note that thus far, fitnessing for the ladies. Yeah, no, not a thing, thing. right? Like, I think we've had status, occupation, and, like, fitness and wellness now finally being introduced for men. All those have played a role. Not once have they come for women. Um, Yeah, so Charles Atlas was kind of... Uh, this, yeah, this fitness guru, and he was the first one to really emphasize, like, isometric exercise. So, like, plank holds. Oh. Right? Like, like just, like, so training your body in a different way. Um, and it's funny, because I came across a picture of him, and some random other dude was, like, measuring his shoulders and stuff. And, I mean, he's, he's definitely fit, but not, like, crazy muscled. Like, mm-hmm. not, like, what we would think of today, like, with certain professional athletes and stuff like that but you know he was just like okay like that's a fit looking dude and he you know was sort of middle-aged and oh there you um, go but yeah but yeah so this is the 30s is sort of when we get this first inkling of um 
looking to uh, fitness people, athletes and yeah. Cool. So for the ladies going into the 1940s, the Star Spangled Girl, um, there was a lot of military influence. I was going to say that makes sense. We're in the 40s. So (laughs) World War II had a bit of an influence. Um, Torpedo and bullet bras started to make an appearance. And we start to move away from all like soft curvy angles that we that came back in the 1930s. And now we're seeing a lot more angular, broad, boxy, aggressive styles in fashion. And finally, broad shoulders were suddenly a thing. Is that because of like military fashion? Like shoulder pads and like, okay, okay. So that became a thing. See, you um, wouldn't have needed shoulder pads. I know. I would Broad have been. Shoulders I feel can like just take care of themselves. This could have been my era. They, there was also now, rather than like sort of a petite female, we're now getting into like longer limb, taller, broader shouldered. Lauren Bacall and Catherine Hepburn were both five foot eight. Oh, yeah. And they were like the big stars of the day. So right. that's reasonably tall. And Catherine Hepburn, you're right, like was wearing like pants. And like mm-hmm. definitely like you know. Not... So we 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 start like we're still not talking about any fitnessing here. We're still not like no. This is just luck. This like, is if just... you are born this way kind of. Yeah. So curves, soft, delicate, slopey shoulders. That's gone. Now you need to be a little bit more aggressive and broad shouldered, and you can start to see like this body shape now in the forties is like the start of an appreciation for more of an athletic aesthetic. Yeah. But it's not. It's still not, like, I, I highly doubt if anyone, if a female in that era was, like, all muscled up. Right. It probably would have been a probably shock not. to society. I mean, and that's not, that's interesting to me that that happened during wartime. Like, that kind of makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like, people are all of a sudden thinking about strength in a different way and patriotism, the fact that it's called, like, the Star Spangled Girl, so, like, what kind of woman represents America in a world war? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, that's, yeah. So, so far, every single decade that we've covered, four different decades, four completely different looks for female, for, like, what the the fashionable, acceptable, desirable yeah. body image is. Yeah. I, I actually think, so far in mine normal men probably haven't changed at all because from the fat men's clubs all we've really gone to is a hollywood ideal and that's only for actors Mm -hmm. and the emergence of someone like charles atlas who's like a fitness guru but it didn't really seem to catch on in terms of like lots of people doing that themselves so okay i think men are still probably overweight like large and large about their status definitely not rippling six packs Okay, so 1950s. What happens to guys through this, the 50s? Are this we is like with like the Hollywood, oh, fitness that's, that's still happening, but now, like, the 50s were really, that was, like, the big um, Mad Men era suits, like, power suits, right? Mm-hmm. Men with, like, uh, yeah, just business suits. Um, they were, like, boxier and a little bit looser than some suits today. Like, whenever I think of, like, modern suits i think of um oh what's his name or the first blonde james bond daniel craig oh right like the suits that he would wear right like comparing 
the earliest James Bonds, which technically were in the 60s. We'll get to that in a little bit, but like to the modern suit, which was much more tailored. So the 50s was really like the advent of like, okay, suits were a thing. That was also a status symbol, but you could wear them boxier and looser. So there wasn't really like an ideal body type under the suit. Men and just men's, suits. men's fashion... Just, I want to say typically is a little more forgiving. There's a lot, a lot less skin oh, on yeah. display and yeah. things are not like super tight or you're expected to have boobs spilling out or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, like a suit, I can't think of a more forgiving thing. Like they're barely tailored, you know, and other than the shoulders maybe. So yeah, yeah, men, men still, men still got it pretty easy right now. They're wearing suits. So I was, I was pretty excited about the 1940s girl because I was like, okay, I, I could do that. And then we get to the 1950s and once again, I'm out. You're out. I am 100% oh, out huge. because we are now back to the hourglass. Like oh, the 1910s okay. was the looping figure eight. 1950s, we are back to curves galore to the point where they started to sell hip and booty padding to round out women's figures so you could get like nice big rounded hips there was much more you would wear under like a skirt yeah there was much more emphasis on like bigger rounder kind of hips than there ever has been this is like the pencil skirt era isn't it so think like jessica rabbit jessica rabbit oh my 1950s icon like soft voluptuous Smaller waist Tiny again. waist, but big Big hips. hips. Yes, okay. Bigger boobs, Playboy magazine, and Barbie were created in the 1950s. Oh, fuck Barbie, man. That, <laughs> wow. Which goes to show, like, I remember when I first got... Well, I wasn't really allowed Barbies because my mom thought they were common, as one might say in England. <laughs> um, so I had, I had Cindy's. But the same shape. But I remember like looking at her and you know, everything was like teeny tiny waist teeny, tiny and waist. giant big eyes and like yeah. then bigger hips and like I mean kinda like big Walt, Walt Disney. I mean this is also Walt Disney characters are you know yeah. created around this time too. And... and before like so a couple of decades ago we kinda introduced the first idea of like dieting to achieve a certain aesthetic with yeah. bread. Yeah. Now skinny women are starting to be advised to take weight gain supplements. So if you were like the perfect oh. 1920s woman, uh-huh. like straight up and down, pretty petite, no boobs, if you were transported to the 1950s, you would probably be being told to take weight gain supplements because if you just gain weight, then of course naturally you put it in all of those places. All the right that places. make you perfectly oh Jessica Rabbit-like. What, what, were, what were the weight gain supplements? I honestly, Did I didn't, say, I like, didn't see any... They've details about what exactly they were taking for these weight gain supplements but oh that would be fascinating. if you are i'm also intrigued like because obviously there are there are some fundamental body shapes as like apple and pear and like if you're an apple shaped body it doesn't matter how thin or fat you are you're never going to be jessica rabbit shaped uh, yeah you're never, just never, not exactly like it's not possible huh um so you know kind of, I guess, pear-shaped figures back in. You could yeah. pat it out if you were skinny. And if you didn't have it, you were taking weight gain supplements. So this is also something that's interesting, like, like not that I'm surprised at all, but between men and women in history. So, so far, men have had nothing, no equipment or any extra, like, supplementation or, or manipulation, right? Like, it's just... 
you know, your body is your body and here's some clothes and some fashion things. Whereas women have had so far corsets, supplements, like diet, padding, padding. Now we're adding in fake, like soft bits. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the thing too. It's like not just the body type. Slopey shoulders, broad it's, shoulders. Yeah, shoulder pads. Shoulder no pads boobs, lots versus, of boobs. I mean, yeah, there's just a lot more equipment involved with women's bodies too. I know. It's like we almost need to <laughs> kind of like be reborn every decade with an entirely new body new shape. New genetics. Because yeah, like genetics. some of these things you can change. Like you can pat, put padding into a bra or into like underwear to make hips look wide or whatever. But you can't change your genetic body shape. Yeah. Well, I mean, now people. Like, I mean, you can't. With instead surgery, of getting but... like, you know, butt in like padding today, people actually do Just... implants. Yeah, like surgical. <laughs> That's weird. But so, anyway, so okay. yeah, we nineteen fifties. Right. We were back to super voluptuous, curvy. Yeah, because they looked good on the arms of the men in their power suits and very soft bodies. Like, yeah. still not a muscle in sight. We still haven't mentioned anything about fitness for females, working out, being strong, any of that. It's just all about yeah. looking sexy now, which is like in order to please men, right? Yeah. Playboy I, I'm magazine. Assuming, right? Like, Playboy yeah, magazine came out. Yeah. Okay. My, I have a little bit of a suspicion that now we're get, now we're getting into the sixties that there might be some like overlap finally. Okay. And some ideals. So that's just my when I was reading. When I was reading about what's happening with men in the next, the 60s and 70s, I thought this might actually be a place where there'd be some similarities. So what's going on with men in the 60s? So this is the start of like countercultures. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 60s and certainly into the 70s, this is um, the era of like GQ. So kind of the continuation of this like mad men kind of like looking great in suits, gentlemen, you know, kind of thing. This is also the era of James Bond, right? Mm-hmm. So um, Bond always looked great in suits, but was also, you know, always, there was always the swimsuit shots oh, yeah. in the movies with James Bond and the women, like, I think we recognize looking a lot of Looking hot for the, the women. Yeah. A lot of the body types of women, you can track those through Bond movies as well. But this was also counterculture. So this is the first time we see men or ideal body types for men moving in the direction of almost some androgynous kind of looks so this is the era of the beatles um david bowie and even Jimi hendrix so in music uh especially there was a lot of this so the male body type i mean all those musicians very slender Mm -hmm. right like not definitely not muscular not even you know maybe the hollywood ideal from past uh decades not really, there's no fitness. I mean, I don't, right? Six doesn't really strike me. Right? Like, yeah, there's not a lot of like fitness. fitness. Yeah. <laughs> like, definitely like more like Too many fashion. Good drugs around. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's also the drugs. <laughs> they didn't mention that in these articles, but I was thinking the same thing. So, this is like the very slender, a little bit more experimental um, in terms of, yeah, going towards like androgynous body types. Um, yeah, so that that's sort of what the guys are doing in 60s, 70s. Okay, so for the ladies, if you're a 50s siren with all of your curves and your softness, <laughs> time to go into How hiding. How much do you have to change? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Back right. into hiding because you are no longer 
a fashionable body type. The 1960s, we were looking for the twig. Uh, oh, named after model Twiggy. Yep. Twiggy. Who was five foot six and weighed a grand total of 91 pounds. And I was thinking about this because I'm 5'5", five, five, <gasps> so close enough. And I would have to lose 50 pounds in body weight to I match her. I would have her. to lose like 60. Yeah. More. Oh my goodness. Yep. So that would be all of the body fat that I own plus a good chunk of the muscle mass that I own. And some like bones. I, and and maybe throw out a kidney <laughs> or something. <laughs> I'd be like Twiggy tossing organs tiny. overboard wow. at that point. But okay. Yes. So 1960s for ladies, no curves, narrow hips or back. So maybe somebody from the 1920s yeah. could okay. teleport themselves into the 60s. Narrow hips, petite, delicate, certainly no broad shoulders. Yeah. Uh, doll faced. So yeah, almost like almost like a kind of a doll, like something that's not even real. Not like even precious. Real, yeah. Delicate. Well, what was the other one where you said they had to wear a blank expression? Didn't we start with that? Like, yeah, even just, the expression of women. Yeah. Um, okay. And then, and apparently, I don't know what this was an ad for, but there was a fairly well-known ad in, I guess, magazines in the '60s that featured a picture of a pear, and next to it, it said, "This is no shape for a girl." <gasps> so if what? you were pear-shaped naturally, like Aww. even if you were like fairly lean, healthy pear-shaped person. Mm-mm. That was not the shape of the day. Wow. You wanted to have small boobs, slim hips, and like you said, androgynous was kind of key. Like, okay, so this was, yeah, no that was lumps my and bumps is to like, really was, identify yeah. you as a female. Voluptuousness was definitely not being celebrated. But because we've ditched the girdle, there's no <laughs> sign of that anymore. There was a massive increase in diet culture. Weight Watchers okay. was founded in 1963. Got it. And during the 60s, a record amount of amphetamines were prescribed for weight loss. All right. So no more weight gain supplements nope, for women. The now weight it's... gain supplements are gone. Now you've got to lose all of the weight and gain And it was like straight up back then it was meth. Yeah. They were prescribing meth yeah. amphetamine. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. So females, you know, about turn again. Yet another left turn at the traffic lights. And we're now going back to being skinny, but forced skinny. So we're either weight watchering or we're taking amphetamines and trying to weigh in at under a hundred pounds. Okay, so, no, so this is no shape whatsoever. This is the anymore. first place where I feel like, well, I'm no corsets are dangerous too. I guess every era for women, most of the ones you've listed have had an element of danger, like to yes. your health. <laughs> yes, I would say that's not the best way to lose weight. So seventies. How were the 70s looking for the guys? So the 70s were like, like I couldn't find any special information. Apparently the 60s just continued on. This was like the continuation of musicians being ideal. So Hollywood era, not so much. Now it's like the musicians and it's still, you know, yeah, like the David Bowies, uh, the, um, I mean, like even like disco music, stuff like that. Like these are tall I mean, men wearing glittery bell bottoms and stuff. I guess we're still, you know, rocking some um, things that probably previously would be thought of as feminine dress. Um, and everyone was still kind of tall and skinny. It's kind of interesting to think about how in the beginning, men were just sort of celebrating fatness and yeah, like st stature. And then like success for guys in the 70s was like, more glitter and glam and yeah. kind of being skinny and I mean I think it was also just probably like who like who's who's 
in pop culture in front of you, right? So, like, I don't think regular men kind of wore quite as much glitter. I mean, my dad did have some pretty amazing, like, bell-bottom suit, like, matching kind of things where, like, he could have been hanging around with, like, you know, some of these rock stars, like, <laughs> but... Um, I really but love yeah, the idea of my dad being covered in glitter, but I I, I don't I know. picture it. But hey, who really knows what happened <laughs> in the seventies? So for the ladies, so yeah, um, men get the another disco diva of not changing. Okay, disco, disco diva era. Disco for them too. Of course. Um, what's well, happened in the seventies? So Farrah Fawcett was kind of the poster girl of the day, and kind of like we talked about all the way back. When was it? 34B being like the ideal cup size. It would have been the 30s because that's when it got invented. Oh, right. Yeah. Farrah yeah. Fawcett 2 was a 34B. Okay. So that's still the desirable size of the day. We were looking at long, lean dancing queens. Yes. So maybe like not, still like an androgynous. We were looking at slim hips, flat stomach, um... So still kind of, you know, on the petite side, but not like the super teeny tiny delicate little doll of the 1960s. Um, let's see. Uh, synthetic fabrics like polyester and spandex were oh. now the kind of fabrics you yes, wore, which were, of course, way more revealing and significantly less flattering. Got so it. the diet culture thing kind of intensified cigarettes were advertised for weight loss oh my goodness so we we had people we went from meth jacked up meth? on meth is that 60s. is that a step up from meth i don't even I know mean, is... so yeah the cigarettes were advertised for weight loss and unlike the bread diet we now have dr atkins weighing into the diet culture and that's that when was his early as low 70s? carb diet shows up wow so now all of a sudden bread is way the heck out because everybody's like I need this flat stomach. We're not. I would have guessed Atkins anymore. was like '90s because I think that's when I, I think it had a start... resurgence. Yeah. Okay. Because Jennifer Aniston got super skinny and got it. Swore by it. Um, so yeah, the '70s, another kind of not cigarettes not, and no carbs, not healthy mm. like no carbs cigarettes, um, but just like a little kind of a, a fun thing to put in there. Beverly Johnson in the 1970s was the first black woman to appear on the cover of Vogue. Oh, so we made some pro some progress in the seventies. Okay, but not necessarily in the direction of being healthy. We're still chasing a look, regardless right. of the well, cost. Well, the fact that Vogue, yeah, um, covers a Vogue over the years. But I am glad that topic. we moved a little bit away from being super skinny and tiny and more into a right slightly. I would say, like, if you're gonna be like long lean dancing queen, you've got to be a little bit athletic. You right, know? you're dancing, right? You're wearing I mean, your spandex. You're, I'm you're, not. Uh, we yeah. haven't yet had any specific reference to fitness in females um, to achieve a certain body type, but you know, dance and smoke and <laughs> yeah, your spandex will look good on you. So yeah, 1980s. What well, then? Uh, so this is where now this is where things really do change. So the 80s, this is the bodybuilding era for men. So this is the era of. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. We're back to getting big, but in a big, different kind of yeah, way. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Instead of the fat men's clubs, now it's like the Mr. Olymp Olympia. Olympia, Olymp yeah. Mr. Universe. Uh, Mr. Universe, all that kind of stuff. So this is like Arnold's time, right? So 
at, um, Charles Atlas back in the 30s was like fitness guru getting kind of big. So this is like kind of going back to that. But now with like very specific men now have this ideal of pumping iron. So that like also that that classic phrase of pumping iron. So you had people like Arnold, who was not yet like a Hollywood star. He was actually like competing in bodybuilding and doing those Mr. Universe things. Um, but starting to do movies, Sylvester Stallone, certainly doing like Rambo and Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, yeah, all of a sudden men can't just, I guess in some way compared to the other ones, it can't just be born some way, right? Like your body type and how much you eat. You have to like now put in a lot of effort and build yourself up to be beefy. And then you have like movies, like the the volleyball scene and Top Gun from the mid 80s. Yeah. Where there's like rippling six packs on display. But even they technically were small. Like they were, right? I mean, like that was definitely. I mean, they were small, but they were like. But for that era, absolutely right. There was a lot of definition happening in there. Let's just take a moment to drool over Right, let's think back on that. Because I mean. I, so this is, this is, it, no, it's not embarrassing. Let's fully own this. So I had Top Gun on VHS. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so did I. Loved this movie. Um, it got damaged. You know how sometimes the tape, the actual cassette tape could get scratched or damaged if you rewound it. If and you're young and you're listening to this, just Google it. Yeah. Sorry. Google, Google, Google what we're talking um, about. So anyway, so when you press like fast forward or rewind, you know, spin the tape back. And so sometimes it could get crinkled or damaged. So I may or may not have rewound to rewatch the volleyball scene so much (laughs) that I damaged the tape. So I remember so distinctly, like, going and buying a second VHS of Top Gun because there's no way I could watch the whole thing with any weird static happening around the volleyball scene. (laughs) Who was your uh, most drooled over volleyball player? Oh, um, I was was a big uh, slider fan. Oh. So, right? I was not the classic Maverick or Iceman. I liked slider. I was Iceman. And Wolfman, who actually, him and slider, the actors, despite some height difference, looked very similar too, so. Yeah, I I I was a... I got hooked in the Iceman thing. Cool. Well, so it was Val Kilmer at his best. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so eighties for guys, muscles came out. Muscles and and less Big clothing muscles, in muscles, movies. Less, less clothing, clothing in movies. And yeah. suddenly they become more like of an object for females yes. to really start. As you can tell out, by the way, like Anna and I have salivating up now. All Woo. of a sudden, the men are going uh, a little flush. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! They're getting objectified. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be watching that movie and. Rewinding, quote unquote. That we'll do scene. Our, we'll do our, our yes, we'll our research. Some, we'll drink some wine and watch that scene. It'll be a good true. time. So, 1980s for the ladies, and finally, we get a mention of fitness, not, not muscles, not just cigarettes and meth. So, okay. 1980, the year of like, or the decade of like the supermodel. Think Elle McPherson. She was the body of yeah. the time. Suddenly, the ultimate female was six foot tall. Right. And she was kind of athletic looking in a not too aggressive sort of a way. Known as the body. Sports bras went mainstream. Oh. Mostly because jogging. Thank you to whoever invented that. Jogging and aerobics became like the main thing that influenced like body types and fashion. So like if you were like the ideal body type, you'd have legs for days you could really show off those like leotards and oh like, yeah the like kind of thong leotards with tights underneath them and... so we're definitely like our look we're wearing much tighter 
less clothing, fitness stuff. Um, Jane Fonda. Yeah, this really is really going to say this be Jane Fonda for the ladies. And it was really like the first decade where muscles started to become acceptable on women. Not in a way that you might see. They weren't pumping like iron, a but CrossFit Games athlete, okay. professional okay. CrossFit Games athlete, shredded look. But they but, get fitness. You know, if you had like, I would say toned. <laughs> if you were toned, <laughs> the toned body type was ideal. Okay. You were probably a good fit for the eighties. But yeah, it took us all of this time. We've now gone back like nearly a hundred years, eighty years, sorry, and finally. Women are like, let's work out. Let's work out. That's not. Although this is also this is this is the era of like the thigh gap videos. Yeah, I mean, like we we're, we're still not in a healthy right. place for like how we get to our our ideal body image and like having a have like an ideal body shape that just represents you being at your most health. Yeah. We've got a ways to go before we get there. Yet we're still trying to achieve something. And again, if you weren't six foot tall with legs for days, you should probably hide in the closet for the next decade. Yeah. But, like, I remember when I was young and I first started to become aware, because I was born in 1980, and, like, Elle McPherson was just, she was what I obviously thought I was going to grow into. Of course, yes. <laughs> and I really look at my legs like, come on, you got this, grow another foot. Just another foot, that's Didn't all I happen. need. Um, but, yeah, so, but I was, you know, toned. Toned. Well, like, well, you know, the thigh gap thing was around, but Leotard's fitnessing... Sports bras. Okay. We're starting to get a little bit more like freedom in our fashion. Yeah. Uh, and then the 1990s. So what, what was right. going on with the so guys in the 1990s? This is also one of those times where like I feel like the research on the guys was um, a little bit annoying in the sense that like things don't change much for them. Uh, so the, 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 the 90s and the aughts, like the... the first decade of the 2000s um are are just sort of carry on like not too much changes so the bodybuilding era kind of got everybody pumping iron um but so, they was there a big thing like the pumping iron days a lot of um steroids juicing you know i didn't find much mention of that but obviously yes like we know that that was a thing and that was an issue for a lot of like some of the bodybuilders and stuff but i don't know i don't know enough about that to know how widespread that got like did normal people Mm -hmm. or was it just the ones competing so i don't know that'd be an interesting question of like when um when that kind of like supplementation kicked in for men Mm -hmm. like thinking steroids were because it's true like back around that time early on like they didn't quite know how dangerous they were. Right. Like certain kinds of steroids and stuff. So um, 90s into the 2000s, like athletic and that defined kind of muscles for men was still very much the ideal in movies, um, just sort of generally accepted culture, um, but not as bulky. So recognizing that like not everyone needs to look like Mr. Universe, um, the veins popping, the like super, super overdeveloped. Biceps exploding. Biceps, <laughs> quads, like that kind of like crazy competition body was not the ideal. So it just kind of settled down a bit, you know, go lift weights, be athletic. Um, I did like this one, the, the uh, one of the articles used a an actor for almost every uh ideal body type so this one is brad pitt in fight club <gasps> oh right there you hello. go see hannah's all a <laughs> flutter again because if you think of like how pivotal uh the 
Top Gun volleyball scene was for like objectifying men on the beach. I think I think Fight Club did that. Brad Pitt specifically in Fight Club, totally. I mean, like his body was the main one of the main topics of that movie. Oh, I mean, like, and he was like his body made Thelma and Louise. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, like, right. So Thelma and Louise was his first film. Yeah. Um, so yes, Brad Pitt, um, who. Yeah, I mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen his torso to in decades, for. but yes, like Brad Pitt and Fight Club kind of defined, no pun intended, defined that next era, which was like really defined muscles, um, but but slim and, you know, kind of lean and muscled. So, of course, for the ladies, you know, 70s gave us some disco diva hope, 80s, we started to fitness a little bit. And just as, you know, a little bit of muscles, we're looking good, you know, let's go ladies. And just as we're getting somewhere, the 1990s came along and ruined everything. everything. Oh, what did the 90s because do? Because we mean, I wound was, it back to kind of... I was kind a of, miserable high schooler and Yeah, we wound college, it back so. to the 60s, but worse. So the 1990s was the waif. Oh God, the that was heroin the chic era. So that was the Kate Moss time. Yeah, so Kate Moss was actually on my list. She... She was like, we went from super tall, leggy Elle McPherson, and then again, a much smaller, like the 60s, we, we celebrated yeah. like smaller petite. So the waif ideal was a smaller representation, like Kate Moss was the face of the day. Um, gaunt, heroin chic. Yeah, like I was going to say, unhealthy. it used to be meth, then cigarettes, then heroin. Like, yeah, so okay, everything, sir. everything is like, it's oh not a healthy time. Um, it was the time where we now, like, we had the Atkins back in the 60s. Okay. Where yeah, fat that. is everything, carbs are terrible. Now in the 90s, fat makes you fat. Okay. So in the 90s was when everything became about being low fat. Of course, people right. did not realize that in order to make something low fat tasty, they pile sugar into it. Oh, yes. I remember but Snackwell's cookies. Fat, fat makes you fat. All so you the can't sugar, touch but no fat. Yeah. Um, and it was a, a time where, like, any notion of looking athletic, gone again. Just huh. gone. Unathletic look. And it was kind of like a reaction to the fitness craze of the 80s. Um, it was also <laughs> the, the time was crazy, huh? <laughs> where, you know, we had gone from kind of tight spandexy stuff, the look of the disco divas and lycra and stuff from the 80s and all of our fitness aerobics gear. And then the 90s fashion just went, screw you. And everybody was wearing slouchy jeans and oversized sweaters. And... Yeah. I mean, that kind of helped because, I mean, like those of us who were not waifs at the time and could not physically become waifs without an eating disorder, um, those clothes were comfy and it didn't really matter what your body looked like underneath them. So it was like, again, <laughs> I remember like, those... you're getting rid of, you're going to starve yourself away from any curves and yeah. then cover it up. And then too. cover it up. With so there's like... no more voluptuousness or, you know, like being up to see a silhouette or create a shape. Yeah. It's like... We're not even looking at a shape anymore. It's like become a pile of bones and then wear baggy shit. So no one can see what you look like anymore. Um, and so like kind of androgynous again, like hard to tell. Are you male, female? What's going on yeah. there? Uh, unisex fragrances came out. CK1. Oh my gosh. was a yeah. thing of the 90s. You, that's interesting. I didn't even think of that. The and the kind of clothes we wore phrase. could be unisex. unisex. Yeah. Well, that's when you were saying like, yeah, the androgynous thing, because it's true. I remember... Fashion wise, I always go back like the things that stick out in my mind are like Z Cavarici pleated shorts. And those were absolute like guys and girls wore the exact same. That was like a thing for both of them. So that a lot of that fashion I remember in 
middle school and into high school was like, yeah. And then interestingly, despite the fact that it's all about kind of baggy and being covered up, Spanx was born, which is technically the modern day corset, but just to hold your ass in. Your thighs, waist. So they Spanx appeared in the 90s, I guess, for those that huh. couldn't slim it down to be super androgynous. You sucked it in by way of a set of Spanx. Yeah. So the 90s was, again, not a healthy era for a female. Damn. And men just got to like be like, cool, I still get to go to the gym and I should be sexy. And yeah. Yep. So that was that. How about 2000s? 2000s, apparently not much changed. This was still the sort of athletic, the 2000s into the 2010s was like a slight shift again, mostly based on like movies and ideal, but like the superhero body. So the, uh, the 2000s is when a lot of superheroes from like the 70s movies got remade. So gotcha. like the combination or the comparison that was made with this one was like the original Superman and like Henry Cavill's Superman. Mm-hmm. So this idea that like superhero bodies were that Brad Pitt kind shredded. of shredded. Um, yeah. So the advent of, I would say, the 2000s into the 2010s is the superhero. I gotta say, like, I want my superhero to be shredded. True. I mean, it makes sense. And when I never really thought about it, looking back at like the original Superman, I mean, he looked fine, I guess, in that outfit. But but yeah, all the remakes of like Batman, Superman. But he's not gonna make me swoon. Like, like if, if superhero yeah. flies in and is like all muscular and just like I guess so. This superhero and takes yeah. care of himself, right? Mm. But a hundred years ago, you've been like, oh, my. Fat man who owns a business takes Fell care of himself. Fell out guy wearing a cape. Like, right? Like, right. He, he outweighed his, uh, you know, all of his buddies. True. You know, at the last gentleman fat club meeting. <laughs> so interestingly, in, in the 2000s, we finally turn another corner. And I okay. think this was the start of like the upward trajectory. So the 90s, terrible, unhealthy, skinny. But the buff beauty. Oh. Yeah. Is what happened in the 2000s. And... Giselle Bündchen, the Gloria supermodel, was actually credited with ending heroin chic look. She was more athletic looking than some models that had come just before her. Wow. And... I mean, let's just be real right now. Giselle Bündchen is freaking skinny. Like, yes. She is like... Yes, but compared to like... But the, compared to Kate, Kate Moss, Moss at her tiniest, of Bones, she yes. looked okay. Okay. much more healthy right. and like I'm pretty sure I can outlift Giselle on, I'm sure on my can. worst day but, but okay. <laughs> we also had Brittany wearing like super low rise jeans mm. at the time very tuned tuned abs so washboard abs on the ladies on the ladies became a thing we finally caught up but also it was not uncommon or like socially unacceptable to just airbrush your right. Abs I was gonna say too, because spray tans just... became like if you can't tone it, tan it, right? Yep. Spray tans and contouring with said spray tans was also a theme. And this is early Photoshop days. Yeah. This is like Matt. Okay. All right. So we 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 left the super baggy, hide it all, super skinny era, and now we're like wearing low cut jeans, exposing our washboard abs. And probably maybe maybe not with a nice shade of orange with a spray tan. (laughs) Have some technological help with the photography and uh, okay, okay. But you're right. I mean, this is like I'm thinking back to the first times I saw like 
Britney Spears music videos and stuff, there there was a lot of athleticism in like the dancing of that era mm-hmm. and like women rock stars. And I mean, that scene where she's holding that big old python or whatever, that, that thing's probably quite heavy. Yeah. There you go. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Well, 2010. Anything sorta. happening with the guys? So 2010, we're still in the superhero body, but... And this is literally where the research kind of ends at this. Right around 2015. This is the age of the dad bod rebellion. Oh boy. So this was like literally after a hundred, well more than a hundred years now, like 120 plus years. uh, This is the first time apparently men have like reacted and rebelled against an ideal that's too hard to maintain. (laughs) So after the era of the superhero body, the Brad Pitt fight club, all the way back to like Arnold and Sylvester Stallone uh, in the tens, there was this, uh, this movement led by Giselle Bündchen's like long-term boyfriend. I think they were together a long time, right? Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio, who along with, Chris Pratt, Ben Affleck, lots of other actors kind of uh, gallivanted around beaches sporting their dad bod, which is no more abs, love handles a little bit, softer bodies, a little bit of man boob. Um, And this part kind of shocked me. Like one author of this article actually said, this is seen as an anti-body shaming movement. Hmm. And I just thought that was really ironic that like men <laughs> were like, oh, I'm feeling body shamed. And so dad bod, like as if Leonardo DiCaprio and all these people like kind of intentionally pioneered like men are, men are having it real hard right now. <laughs> um, gotcha. So, so yeah, so the dad bod era, I guess we're still in it. Um, the, for, and I guess that's kind of true. Like I, it's been a while since I picked up like People Magazine or In Touch Magazine but I do find that uh, that kind of makes sense. There's less emphasis on the like hot chiseled physique in like quote unquote normal celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, and like as we talked about, like guys still just get to, when they dress up, they still just wear like amazing suits and they don't yeah, have to show off like a dad bod. Cover a lot of sins. <laughs> yeah. A dad bod still looks great in a suit. Right. Um and uh, I don't know. I'm curious. I don't know what Brad Pitt's body looks like right now. He sort of defines some movement. So maybe I mean I don't know if he's rocking dad bod. Hey Brad, come but, on the show. Uh, Talk to us. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I'd be so tongue tied. I'd be like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> be like, can we just talk about those can movies? Just those, look those, at those, watch chest. those scenes. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I think that that's kind of where we're at with men right now. Um, is the ideal body type is actually just a more accessible, easier to maintain quote-unquote, normal body. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I've got it 2010, the booty babe, where all of a sudden having an ass became a thing. And, like, Kim Kardashian broke the internet. Oh, yeah. Right. With right. her oh-so-real behind. Um, I, I, I cannot believe that that is... That it's in any way real. Real? I know. It's, it's so out of proportion with the rest of her. That I know. I'm fairly sure that's uh, thanks to a lot of silicone. And I also read a bunch of horror stories um, where people were jumping on this craze of, I need to have a big butt and getting like, you know, backstreet butt injections. Yeah. Where they were just yeah. using like 
regular industrial silicone and some of the results you know people are just growing these lumps and bumps and just becoming completely disfigured all in the name of trying to get this gigantic ass because like in back earlier where they they sold padding there wasn't the technology to inject well yeah that's right we talked about that i mean whereas now like we've gone from trying like pad it out to Oh, let's fill ourselves up with fake things to yeah. fulfill this with uh, this ideal. And if I guess, you know, if if you're sitting out there and you're on the fence about getting butt injections or something, just know that probably within the next five to ten years, right? You want to take them out. <laughs> everyone is going to want a tiny, tiny butt, and it's going to be so bad to have a big butt. But like Nicki Minaj and her Anaconda song and J Lo and her booty. And it kind of got so much that it was like the question of, the, is this empowering or is this just exhausting? Because yeah, it was like, you know, just, it was like cartoon. Yeah. But. And I mean, that's still, that I mean, that has a parallel in, I mean, yeah, I don't know. The plastic surgery part, I feel like we could do a whole history of plastic surgery trends mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, alongside this. But the booty building too has a big parallel now in in the fitness industry too, right? Because there's like, there's specific like fitness influencers today that literally that is their specialty is glute building, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And they market, you know, special equipment. And I mean, I I have like all those power bands, like mini bands, booty Mm -hmm. bands, where, you know, throwing it around our thighs to do regular exercises. Like all those things have been created in the last like five, seven years maybe. But it was also during this time, like, Michelle Obama arms oh, became a best thing. Best arms. Her arms are amazing. And so, like, looking strong looking and strong. taking care of yourself and, like, being fit, also totally cool. Um, obviously, the 2020s, we're, we're just dipping a toe into that right now. But I feel like, kind of like, you know, the dad bods movement kind of just continuing through of being more like, you know less pressure to look a certain way just kind of you do you like yeah. now we have you know fat acceptance and healthy at every size and body yeah. positivity and strong is beautiful and i would love to think that we could move into a space where you know just freaking take care care of yourself yeah <laughs> look after yourself appreciate the fact that we we're all born with genetics that mean that there's only so much we can do to change our shape and to figure out like the things that we're good at doing rather than putting all of our self-worth and like whether you got a big butt or 34B boobs or large arms or small arms or yeah. waist or no waist. Like as you can see from this, like in a blink of an eye, whatever you think is like you must have this in order to fit in and look good is going to change yeah. if you're female. If you're dudes, yeah. it's a little more gradual. That's, I mean, yeah, that's what I noticed as we were going through this is just that, um, yeah, I mean, at no point until maybe the like kind of chiseled superhero body thing did men really have to fight their genetics too much. Right. Like it was more about like what your job happened to be your, your class, your wealth, um, you know, and fashion, like what clothing you put on your body. Yeah. Rather than like struggling with your genetics. 
And I feel like with women, it's like, okay, you kind of have to figure out like every decade is, is thinking through, do my genetics match up (laughs) to what, whatever the the fashion is. But I will say the what one, one more thing I wanted to add was, and this was not in the last 120 years, it was much earlier, but I think I found like the dude's version of the thigh gap. Oh, the thing that like for a long time was considered ideal, but is genetically very difficult to attain. It's called Apollo's Belt. What is that? Yeah, it has a lot of other names, some of which are, like, too dirty to say because, like, my mom listens to this podcast. But it's that, so... I love that you said that when you're, like, 42 years old. Right? Well, she's listening. (laughs) Um, And I'll tell you afterwards the the phrases. I mean, you recognize some of them. But, yeah, Um, I'm not going to say it on the podcast. But, anyway, it's uh, actually... Brad Pitt in Fight Club kind of has this a little I bit. I know exactly uh, what you're talking yeah, you, about. Yeah, right? Like, so it's this it's this V shape that men try to achieve with their abdominal muscles, and it's, like, very developed obliques that then curve in a V shape down towards their junk. And C-G. In, yes, exactly. <laughs> that is the phrase that if I you won't know, say. you know. That I won't say on our podcast. The other one that I did, <laughs> so this goes back to the ancient world, right? So that ideal, um, if you look at ancient Greek and Roman statues, you will absolutely see this. These huge, it's almost like where love handles are, but Mm -hmm. they're developed oblique muscles. And then the lower abdominals are kind of soft, but you get that channel. Um, It's also called, this this one's slightly dirty, but since it's, you know, referencing Greek goddesses, it doesn't sound as bad, but Aphrodite's saddle. (laughs) But yeah, Apollo's, Apollo's belt, and Apollo's Aphrodite's belt, saddle. and Aphrodite's saddle. Um, That's amazing. Yes. So uh, you can, everyone out there, you can just Google Apollo's belt, um, ideal male body type, and if you can't picture it, you'll you'll know what we're talking about. Well, hey, now you've got a couple of phrases to use if you're trying to make reference to these things yes. in front of your mom. <laughs> but apparently, it is very difficult, right? Like, I mean, you have to. It's hard to develop just your oblique muscles while keeping your lower abdominals less defined. Like people in the ancient world, six packs weren't a thing. It was like you wanted the upper ab two pack and then the obliques, but, but soft in the middle. Um, so it was, it was an almost unattainable ideal, very similar to the thigh gap. You just kind of had to be born Mm -hmm. in a certain way. Well, I think we have proved that we can ever be as you. You do you. <laughs> be healthy. And be thankful we don't live like 120 years and have to like yo-yo through all of these things. But Lord knows what will happen in the next few decades. But hopefully now we can like maybe not have to entirely change our body shapes and types right. and all the rest of it. Or take amphetamines or oh, smoke, cigarettes smoke cigarettes or like... The you do you phase feels eat good. Eat carbs, don't eat For carbs, eat bread, right don't now. eat bread. It's chaos. It's chaos, people. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Forget it all. Be happy. Make peace with yourselves and one another. Go forth and conquer your and go do some fun Google research. Belt. There's a yeah. There's there's a lot out there. Well, this has been fun. Um, I certainly learned a lot from your research, and like, I can't say I was surprised at what I found out, but it was a fascinating exercise. Yeah, and I do yeah. like the idea of visiting the plastic surgery trends over the time. Yeah, and how we've like trying to fake our body images. Um, yes. So yes. I think that one will be one for the near future. As ever, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our little bit of research. And uh, yeah, go drool over Top Gun. Go watch, go watch Brad Top Pitt. Gun, everyone again. Unless, you know, that's not your thing. And then, 
you know, something else. <laughs> Whatever tickles your fancy. You do you. See you next time.